My name is Michael Johnson. I would like to welcome you uh, to the latest edition of the ACA Camp Wire podcast. Uh, today, we will be furthering our discussion on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I will be joined by Jordan Pugh and Weston Outlaw. We will have a discussion today about diversity, equity, inclusion, and hiring. Uh, before we get started, one of the things I would like to tell you is I am a member uh, of the ACA Project Real Job Committee. Uh, if you would like to learn more about Project Real Job, there are lots of fantastic resources you can find uh, about hiring and about uh, things that you can do to uh, help even recruit uh, staff members to come uh, to your camp. Uh, please look for us. There's a bit.ly. So you can go to bit.ly slash A-C-A-P-R-J. Uh, you can also just type in Project Real Job at the search bar on the top of the ACA website. Again, uh, I'm Michael Johnson. I am on the uh, Project Real Job Committee. I am also the chair um, of the Great Rivers uh, Local Council of Leaders. Uh, Jordan, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about you? Yeah, hi, I'm Jordan Pugh. I am also a member of the Project Real Job Staff Recruitment and Retention Committee. Um, I worked at a summer camp for individuals with special needs and am now pursuing a master's degree at Texas State University in uh, recreation management. So I am furthering my education and just trying to learn more about how to manage a summer camp. Um, and that's kind of what I hope to do someday. So I am one of the emerging professionals here in the camping world. Uh, yeah, and I'll pass it over to Weston to kind of hear about yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Weston Outlaw. I'm the director of special and summer programs at Cranbrook Educational Community in Bloomfield Hills. Uh, run all the, the summer camps as well as the after school programs for the schools that are within the community. Um, also have a, a long background in, in attending camp and, and working at other camps. Uh, for the American Camp Association, I'm on uh, two local council of leaders, one in uh, Indiana and the other in Michigan. And I'm uh, just excited to be here today. Thank you very much, Jordan. Thank you very much, Weston. So one of the reasons that we're here, uh, specifically, a question um, that I frequently hear is where do I find applicants of color? We would like to find uh, more people to work at our camp, people that are uh, of color, but I have a hard time finding where they are. I don't know how to hire uh, certain uh, demographic people. So Jordan, we have you on because you did uh, some research related to this. Can you just kind of introduce uh, the work that you did um, and, and give us a little bit of details, uh, preliminary details on what you found? Yeah, absolutely. So I did a project with Project Real Jobs to just kind of dig deeper and try to find some organizations at universities where you might be able to find some of these uh, people of color that you want to have at your camp. So I went on to some different university websites and tried to figure out where I can find where these organizations are listed. How do I get in contact with these students? Um, and I, I have some good findings here. Uh, it was kind of a learning curve at the beginning to uh, figure out how the school websites worked. 
but after a few schools, I figured out that um, they were mostly set up the same. Um, and, you know, I could figure out a little bit quicker how to find these organizations. So um, basically, the first place that I started was um, going to the student section of the website. Um, there's usually like a student, applicant, alumni section on the page. Uh, and I started off at the student section. And typically some of the wordings that I found uh, that lead to these organizations are student involvement or campus involvement. Um, and then it would bring me to a search feature mostly where I can filter out and search specifically for um, these different organizations. So um, some of my findings were that, you know, um, filters that you could apply that included culture or multiculture um, or international. Those were kind of the buzzwords for uh, the organizations that specifically have um, people of color. Um, a lot of the clubs that we saw where they included club in their title were more of a special interest group and didn't necessarily mean that um, those students identified with a specific culture. Um, some other findings just in general, um, there was typically organizations that had some sort of identity and then student organizations. So for example, um, the Black Students Association or Black Students Organizations, those were typically um, students who identified as Black and felt that community presence in that organization. Um, so that was a really good way to find these students. Jordan, did you limit your, your search to a certain geographical area? If so, what geographical area, area did you use? So I am from Texas. That's where I'm going to school and um, have been living for the past you know, 10 years or so. Um, so I started in Texas and um, hit all of the major universities and you know, the state of Texas. So started with my home school and um, started at Texas State went to UT uh, and A&M and all of the really big major schools in Texas. And then I kind of cross-referenced it to see if the wordings and um, word choices were more regional or if they applied more broadly to different universities. So. Um, I cross-referenced it just with uh, Vanderbilt University in Tennessee. Um, and my findings were that, you know, the wording was basically the same across uh, all of these universities. So Jordan, as we know, there are, there are hundreds of, of colleges and universities in the state of Texas. How many uh, did you have on your study? I had about six or so um, universities from Texas. 
And do you remember the approximate number of organizations uh, that from just those six universities um, that you came up with uh, in your preliminary research? Um, there were tons and tons of universities. Um, there were about 70 organizations that I found um, from these different universities. Right. So the, I guess the, I was I led down this line of questioning because I uh, I have seen the research. Uh, so I, I, I want people to understand just like wherever you are, wherever you're at in, in the country, um, there are these just this rich abundance of resources um, that are available to you uh, to find students of color. And so again, we're we're here today to kind of give uh, uh, the camp director even. Uh, the the, the uh, camp employee, uh, the sense of, of just how you can go about finding these students and, um, and just how many resources that you have that are available. Summer is around the corner and ActiveWorks Camp and Class Manager has everything you need to keep your camps running smoothly. Our premier all-in-one software solution is secure, easy to use, and gives families the freedom to register online from any mobile or desktop device. Fill your camp to capacity this summer with feature-rich built-in marketing tools. Learn more about Camp and Class Manager at www.activenetwork.com forward slash ACA. And uh, Jordan, this is um, good information, and I've never, uh, you know, considered going on to colleges' websites and, and digging, you know, into the student section like you mentioned. And uh, so, really interesting stuff. And you know, so far, you know, in, in my experience, I've been using uh, their, you know, the university's career services to, uh, section, and I think a lot of universities use the handshake for their employment. Um, so I, I'm listening to you and, and hearing, you know. Uh, narrowing down into these sections what as a camp director I, I if I find these uh, groups what what's my next step what do I you know if, if I'm in my own shoes here what, what do I do when I see this and how do I approach it I think the best advice that I could give would be to reach out to whoever is in charge of the organization whether that's um, the student leader or the faculty leader or supervisor for that uh, organization and see if you can get in front of their students. Um, most of them have, you know, weekly meetings or biweekly or, you know, once a month maybe. But if you can get in front of those students and kind of sell them on the experience of camp and everything that they can get out of their experience working at a summer camp, I think they would be more likely to come and join your staff, tell all their friends about it, um, and, you know, bring their experience to your organization. Very good. And, that, and that's, that's a good idea. I mean, um, reaching out to the faculty advisor, I think maybe I'd be, be able to get a response from them. That would be, that would be really great. Um, any other suggestions of, of, you know, um, maybe not just, but contacting them when I get, um, how to introduce the concept, um, you know, what maybe once I'm in front of the group, you know, what would I, um, you have any suggestions on, on what you would do there? Yeah, so Project Real Job has a lot of really great resources that you can bring with you. Uh, we've made a bunch of different cheat sheets and 
um, informational infographics and, uh, you know, bite-sized pieces that you can give to these students and organizations that can really spread the word on, you know, all of these different life skills and um, career skills that they can get out of their experience working at summer camp. Um, so bringing as much information and, you know, leaving some with them to kind of digest and uh, wrap their minds around would be a really good start to involving them in the recruitment. Okay. And when we talk to camp professionals, when we're talking amongst ourselves or when we're hosting a podcast, whatever the concept is, inevitably uh, the conversation kind of goes to this. And I'm interested question in knowing from you, what is your hiring process? It's always interesting to hear uh, different ways in which uh, camp directors start this process, what they do in the middle and, and how they finish it off and when they finish it off. So can you just uh, talk to us about like what exactly your process is for hiring? Yeah, that's, and you know, in the summer, we normally, uh, Cranbrook hires about 175, uh, you know, summer staff. And uh, we normally start around January or February. And uh, really it's, it's just opening it up uh, through, you know, the major channels that we are, you know, that I'm familiar with. And that's, you know, Indeed and, uh, you know, the American Campus Association job posting, Handshake that we mentioned earlier that's connected to all of the universities and some of these other just major um, outlets that, uh, you know, and LinkedIn, I guess, you know, is another one. Um, so, and we just, we rely on that. We rely on the word of mouth and, and, um, and returners that, that could spread the word. And of course, you know, I'm, you know, I, that's, it's like, the, that's the easy route, right? I mean, you just, you get it, you get it posted and, and you, you pay for your listings and those type of things. But, um, you know, it, it's, and this, all this, again, it's interesting to me because I want to, you know, there's, there's so much more that, that can be done than just listing it like that. And, and of course, you know, not everyone knows what a summer counselor does, right? I mean, or, or what that it even entails or what, what, uh, what's, required of such, you know, of a person and, and the benefits of being a camp counselor, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the, that's really our, our strategy. I mean, we just, we have it out there. And then we, what we notice is that based on the college cycle, um, that when, when students are looking for jobs, it seems like you have your early people that are really trying to narrow down jobs quickly. And then there's a lull and then uh, as you get towards the end of, uh, of like the semester, that, then you get another jump on, on some applications coming in. Um, so that's really, Michael, that's, <laughs> that's what I have for you. Do, you. do you incorporate hiring fairs into uh, your, uh, your recruitment methods? You know, that's, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, especially through Handshake, you know, when we're connected to all of these universities, they do uh, mention all of their fairs and especially recently, all their virtual fairs. Um, and no, I have not engaged them and it's not for any particular reason other than, you know, it's just always trying to go for the, just the, the, the widest net, you know, of just uh, getting them posted. So um, no, I have, I have in the past at a previous camp um, and something to reconsider, I guess. Can you let the listeners know uh, what exactly handshake is? I, I, you know, I've been working in the camp profession for a very long time, and it was only until recently 
uh, that about 19 or 2019 that I became familiar with Handshake. Can you explain what Handshake is? Sure. And probably the reason why I know about it so well is because I, I worked for a university prior to, to coming to Cranbrook. Um, but, uh, you know, each university and college normally has um, a career services department that helps students connect with uh, businesses as they're graduating or, or you know, in, especially if alumni uh, are looking for uh, uh, recent graduates or, uh, you know, soon-to-be graduates and just connecting to, to what, what they want to do. Um, Handshake is a, a company that has decided or has um, kind of built their company around this whole concept. And so all of these, you know, I would say not all of these, but so many universities across the country have used it, at, it's their platform. So, you know, if you have like a, uh, you know, some kind of database or you have a CRM for your company or, or camp, you know, this is, the Handshake is the career services version of that where students would log in and search for jobs, just like being on Indeed or, or some other public website. The, the advantage there is that it's in control of the university and that you're able to bring in alumni and encourage the, their alumni to bring in their companies and post their jobs and connect those two groups together. Thank you for that. Uh, Jordan, do you, I'd be interested to hear your insights on the general uh, hiring process. Yeah, I, as a camp professional, we tended to do a lot of career fairs and do a lot of word of mouth advertising for camp and um, would go to a couple of schools per year to, you know, spread the word at schools where we already had, you know, that staff presence. Um, but we began to struggle with, you know, getting high quality students back into our staff. Um, and I think changing it up and trying to get in front of these organizations can really help um, not only with diversity, but, you know, with finding new staff and um, interesting different groups of people to join your staff. Um, career fairs are really good, but, you know, Going to them, you have a pretty small return for being there all day. Um, and you're not always sure that, you know, the students are actually interested in signing up and working at your camp or if it's required for a class for them to be there or um, anything like that. So career fairs can be really hard for recruiting. And I think making it more personal for the students um, getting in front of them and, um, you know, them inviting you into their space and their meetings can be a really good step in um, easing them into the recruiting process because, you know, it, it might not pay off the first time that you're in front of these students, but the more familiar they become with your organizations and the more comfortable they feel, um, you know, with the staff who is recruiting them, the the easier it'll be for them to transition into your staff. Thank you for that. So the, the next avenue I wanna explore here, the, the real buzzword 
when you're talking about hiring uh, with diversity, equity, and inclusion in mind uh, is intentionality. Uh, you know, a lot of times in the camp profession, uh, we, we end up talking to people for jobs uh, that come to us, people that are comfortable with what we have to offer. Um, and, and Jordan, I certainly uh, don't want to speak for you. You're here, you can speak for yourself. But I think one of the reasons um, that you undertook the project that you did uh, was to speak to the uh, intentionality piece and just to see for you and for other camp directors um, how easy it is to kind of make that focus uh, on hiring for DEI and things that other camp directors like Weston can do uh, to have that as a focus for them and to incorporate that intentionality into their process. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, can you speak to what you would recommend uh, for a camp director who has identified that this is something that they want to undertake, uh, what steps should they take in the process uh, to kind of do what you did and go about finding uh, certain uh, groups uh, on campus or off campus or elsewhere uh, that may uh, recruiting to fit a role uh, that they feel like uh, that, that would be needed at their camps? Absolutely. So honestly, it was a little bit of a learning curve to find these organizations and navigate the websites, but I've taken the learning curve out for you. I've made it really simple and tell you all the steps to find these organizations. Um, I would recommend starting with, you know, or universities that you already have a presence at. Um, it'll be a little bit more likely that they may know somebody who has worked at your camp. Um, I started at my search at Texas State University. We have a pretty large presence uh, at the camp that I worked at before. And um, I started just looking into different organizations that, um, you know, our students may not be affiliated with it is very intentional and you know the the work isn't that hard to find these organizations they're online they're public for you to find um but being really intentional and um finding students that can bring that diversity to your staff and uh, you know just broaden the experience for your campers and the other staff that are working with them is so valuable to the whole camp experience. Camp testing is your one-stop shop for at-home COVID testing for campers and staff, rapid antigen testing at camp, PPE at discounted prices, and ventilation equipment. If you are looking for accurate COVID-19 test results in 24 to 36 hours paid by insurance, online registration, and admin access for camps to see all the results in one place and affordable rapid antigen testing, go to camptesting.com to learn more. Thank you for that, Jordan. Weston, you're here um, as the voice of the camp director. Um, sometimes talking about these things can, can be tough conversations. So I do have a couple of, of very pointed questions for you uh, with regards to this. Um, I hope I'm not digging too deep on you here, but uh, the first thing I'd like to know is when you when you're, you're some you've completed your summer um, and you're kind of assessing how things went and you're getting ready for the next summer, uh, what comes next? How do you, um, as a camp director, you and your team, how do you determine 
like who you want to hire for the next year, uh, what your best fits are, kind of what are the holes, um, and is there an intentionality um, to how you fill those? And, and, and if there is, what is that process? Oh, that's a, that is a loaded question, Michael. <laughs> I have to think about it. Um, I mean, we, we, we do, uh, you know, we do have a midsummer evaluation of our staff, and that is, um, you know, through our team directors and, and assistant directors. Um, and I, re I review those. There's also a final evaluation. And so those are reviewed and, um, you know, are, are kind of um, in paper form, kind of the, are a basis of, of who we, you know, see as uh, successful as returning. Um, and, you know, and also uh, actually this year, because of some people not returning, who would be really good for a promotion into a, a, an available position, um, you know, into these assistant director or director positions. Um, so really that's, I, I mean, I don't mean it to sound simple, but I mean, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, you know, of just because we have so many of the 175 staff. Um, and so, you know, having meetings with the directors and having like a, a postmortem kind of, of, of the summer and, and going through those evaluations um, is really kind of the, the main point of it. Great, great. Thank you for that. So once, um, I guess, how, um, how do you recruit staff? And I guess this is to, I'll, I'll start with Jordan and then Weston, you can both kind of speak to this. Um, how do you recruit staff when, when, your hiring pool has not worked for you. So you try doing things a certain way. And I know all of us, whether you're a camp director or whatever your profession may be, uh, we get kind of comfortable in the ways that we do things, especially when they work. But what happens when it doesn't work? How do you readdress? How do you uh, kind of take a step back, reassess where you are, um, and then try and find ways, uh, new ways to, to find staff uh, new avenues. Um, actually, I'm, Weston, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Jordan on that. Uh, how do you do that? How do you find new ways uh, to, to find uh, camp employees when what you worked, well, you've gotten to, I don't know what your time frame is, but let's say you've gotten to March, uh, you have a few more holes uh, that you're comfortable with. How do you, how do you handle that? Well, we, we have plenty of positions still to fill. Um, so, you know, and th this, this year in particular, and and internships are our biggest competitor this year. I mean, just so many, even our returners are, are off to um, uh, internships. So, you know, right now, uh, you know, it's a great question because, you know, that's that's actually why I'm here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm on this uh, uh, podcast just because I'm interested in, in learning more. And I think the first step is to have this open mind of, of, of you know, being aware of, um, the opportunities around around me and to get out of that comfort zone like you mentioned and say okay now I really gotta I, I really have to um, you know think think a little bit more on this of, of what I can do because I actually have to do that after this podcast you know I really have to go out there and find um, uh, staff for our for our camp this summer um, so I, I you know you, you ask the question I'm here um, and and trying to figure that out and um you know just by listening to jordan i've i've even had i have colleges written down in front of me now of um the ones that we have relationships with and 
again, didn't even think, you know, I, I go straight, my mind goes straight to career services and not necessarily um, particular groups on campus, which really excites me, you know, and, and, and I'm really uh, looking forward to, to using your, your suggestions. So I wish I had more for you, Michael, but I'm at, what you're asking is exactly the point I'm at right now of, of trying to figure that out of, you know, what, because I'm, I'm in that exact situation. And I appreciate that frankness. Again, we have you here as, as voice of, of the camp director, and I assure you that you're not alone, uh, or else we, this podcast wouldn't be necessary. Jordan, what are your thoughts on that? I'm really glad you mentioned the internship problem, because I am a huge advocate for turning camp experience into uh, internships or apprenticeships. Um, I've partnered with different departments at Texas State University to um, bring the camp that I worked at into their field work placements and their internship rotations. And um, it's been really successful. I mean, they're getting such amazing hands-on experience working with campers of uh, all different abilities and different backgrounds and really pushing these students out of their comfort zones. Um, I worked with the, the Texas State University uh, Recreation Department to place their recreation management and um, therapeutic recreation students into their fieldwork placements at uh, summer camps. And um, just the experiences that those students have gotten have been amazing. We got really great reviews from the students just because camp experience is so different than clinical settings or um, other like commercial settings. It's so unique. And the students really appreciated those um, hands-on, you know, down and dirty, playing, sweating, and, you know, just being immersed in the camp community. Um, other resources that I've, you know, tried for recruitment with some success or uh, having your students on campus, you know, bring people to meet you. I would uh, set up a dinner at the um, university after a career fair and say, hey, like staff that we've worked with before, come on out and bring a friend uh, that would be interested in working at camp. Um, and we can have these conversations about what it's really like and, um, you know, you want to be as open and honest about the camp experience. You don't always talk about how fun it is and how great it is, but you talk about, you know, like we are going to be outside and you're going to be sweaty and there's bugs and it's really hard work, but it's all worth it at the very end. Um, so just being able to invite them into that intimate space and be really honest and open with those conversations was really good for people, you know, who wanted to learn about camps and maybe your camp isn't the best one for um, those people who are interested, but they're at least introduced to that community and there's camps for everyone is what I believe. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Jordan, you know, while, while I've been listening to you, it made me think um, what, some of the things that I mentioned about what, what makes being a camp counselor great is during orientation, during staff orientation. I have 175 staff in front of me and I tell them, 
you know, especially to the new ones, of course, you know, what, what, what their journey is going to look like, why it's so valuable. Um, and that, you know, we're, we're here, we want to be here for a reference for you in the future. Um, I even, I go as far as to say that I know that you all have careers in mind that may not be summer camp. We want to help you get there. And, you know, we're going to help you in, in customer service and in connecting with people and with uh, troubleshooting and, you know, all of the, uh, you know, we're working with management, being a manager, all of these things. And what made me, you made me think just now, what I'm talking about in orientation should be, should be what I'm talking about with these groups before orientation, you know, right? Connect with these universities and say exactly what I would be saying in orientation, but then. And so it's almost at the wrong time that I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm connecting what, what you're saying and, and thinking, I may already have the, uh, the tools of what I wanna say, but I'm just saying it at the wrong time. Absolutely, yeah. Having those upfront conversations and I mean, it helps those applicants buy into camp before they get there. Um, so it just makes their expectations a lot more realistic um, and their experience a lot more predictable and um, valuable to them. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're going down this route because a lot of times when we talk about when we have these conversations, uh, we often talk about uh, the diversity part, but the equity and the inclusion gets a little lost. Um, you know, when you uh, hire for diversity, the work at that point isn't done. Uh, because just like everybody else, when you hire somebody to come onto your staff, you want their experience to be the most successful that it can be. Um, and you do that by providing a, a, an equitable experience for all that are involved, whether um, they are uh, your water ski instructor, uh, whether it's uh, the, a part-time chef's assistant, whether it's the head counselor, whatever that is. Uh, so I think it's really important to note um, that once you have hired uh, for, uh, for diversity, you feel like you have the most diverse staff ever. The work is not done. There are things that need to happen uh, throughout the process, even before uh, your staff arrives at camp to make sure uh, that it is a positive experience for everyone that's involved. Uh, Jordan, so I have another question for you. So let's say uh, I'm a camp director. I've taken your advice. Uh, I've, I've went on a couple of university websites. Um, I found contact information for the Black Student Union. I found contact uh, information for the Alliance of Disability Awareness. Um, I, you know, I found contact information for all these different organizations that I feel like I want to speak to. Um, let's say, I, I, like, and, and by the way, we're looking at diversity in only, uh, we're looking at a very narrow scope. There's a lot of different ways that you can find diversity. So I, I think the point of Jordan's research was, uh, you know, if you're intentional as to what you're looking for and you want to use a university, there's so many different avenues um, that, that you can find. I know one summer, uh, we really wanted a bunch of engineers. We want not a bunch, but we wanted more engineers on staff. We wanted to have more staff that were outside of the education realm because a lot of our applicants tend to be uh, educators or, or outdoor rec or something like that. So uh, we found, uh, we 
contacted organizations. Uh, we contacted a, a uh, engineering fraternity um, and had them meet us um, at our booth so we could talk to them. And we've got a couple of students that way. So Jordan, what would you say to the camp director um, who has taken that step of identifying like the, the types of people that they want to recruit? What's the next step? What do they do after they identify? Because it can be kind of an intimidating process to you've now like made the initial contact. Like, what do you go and speak in front of the groups? What like what what's what's next? I think it's kind of a courtship almost, where you're building this relationship within these organizations. And I mean, if you've never experienced camp before and you don't know what it is, you have to really sell them on the idea of it and build that relationship and that trust um, for them to be willing to come out and be a part of your staff and your community. So building that relationship, it does take time and it takes that effort and intentionality behind it. Um, but it's, I mean, it's so worth it, right? To diversify your staff and um, have these different perspectives and uh, life experiences come in to your community. Um, it's the best way to change and grow as an organization and, you know, building that relationship, even if it's slow at first, uh, you're moving in the right direction. Thank you for that. Weston, how important is uh, experience, camp experience to you uh, when you're hiring uh, somebody to come work for you over the summer? Oh, it's like a Part of the job description sure right yeah i would say that no you know job having camp experience is not something that we're looking for because i think we as i acknowledge uh earlier that um you know we we are the camp experience and um you know we expect to help people move on to their into in their careers um so you know we do i think the the emphasis that we put in our job description or what we how we tell people what we were looking for is that, that, and, and, you know, it's not even, it may not even be the right wording, but, you know, it's like somewhat, you know, are, can you relate with, with children? You know, you know, can you, can, can, ultimately camp is about social skills, connecting and, and new activities and all that, but I mean, really connecting with people. And so, yes, we can train you, but, you know, we, you, there, we're, there, we do need a little bit there, uh, you know, to, to want to work with children, work with other staff. And so I think really the minimum qualification is that. And I don't know how you really define that well. You know, maybe there's a better way of doing that. I'm, and, you know, I'm always all years trying to learn constant lifelong learner, right, of, of all of this. Um, so, but that, that's where we're at right now. Oh, that's fantastic, Weston. I, I really appreciate you saying that. You know, us as camp directors, we sometimes kind of fall into the mode of seeing somebody that has that camp experience, and, and we fall in love uh, with that, uh, not regarding anything else. But, you know, if we want to make this an experience for everybody, and we kind of want to uh, broaden our tent, we have to make sure that we are um, not only inviting, but we're seeking out those people uh, who want to experience this, it being an employee um, as a first experience, because, you know, 
those people, they have kids someday too, um, and, and they want their kids to be to, to go to camp as well. So we can fall in that trap, and not to say um, that it isn't important that you shouldn't find people that have experience, but um, it's not always the end-all, be-all. And again, especially if you're being intentional uh, about opening up uh, this experience, this process to everybody, it is nice to, to have uh, people that this is their first experience, this is their, their intro um, into uh, camp itself as, as an employee. Jordan, anything to add there? I think you summed it up really well. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. so valuable. All right, fantastic. So uh, we are going to wrap here. I'm going to give you each uh, an opportunity uh, for any last words, pitch anything that you want to pitch. Uh, I'll start with you, Weston. I just want to thank you, Jordan, so much for uh, you know sharing your your research and um, motivating me to to take a next step here. And um, I, I have so many notes written in front of me now. Um, I'm looking forward to, to jumping in and doing that. And genuinely, really, I just thank you for, for the opportunity to, to speak with you today. It's really great. And thank you, Michael, of course. Jordan. Uh, I think that this is a worthwhile project to pursue at your summer camps. Um, it doesn't take too much time or too much effort. And the, the payout can be so grand for your community and um, your campers experience, your staff's experience, your own experience, um, and can really help shape the culture that you want to have at your summer camp. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage all of the listeners to do some of this research and uh, pursue these diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, paths at your camps. Well said, thank you so much. Uh, Weston, I wanna thank you for coming on uh, and, and uh, being open uh, and honest about the things that you know and the things that you want to know better um, and, and letting me uh, ask some pointed questions of you. Jordan, uh, thank you for the research that you've done and thank you uh, for your time as well. Uh, those of you that are listening, if you want more information about uh, Project Real Job, again, you can uh, just uh, search Project Real Job on the uh, American Camp Association website. That's acacamps.org. Uh, I would also invite you to listen to uh, previous uh, versions of the uh, previous episode episodes, excuse me, of the Campwire podcast. Or you can listen on, on Apple Podcast or whatever your podcast, uh, your podcast app of choice is. Uh, there are, are plenty uh, of resources out there, but uh, I'm certainly partial to uh, a few of these Campwire podcasts that uh, talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and all kinds of other things um, on, on the Campwire podcast as well. So uh, this will be all for us today. Again, my name is Michael Johnson. Uh, thank you, Weston. Thank you, Jordan. And We'll see you later. Have a nice time.